Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody, and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for, but we're bringing it to you anyway I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller And with me today, I have Sarah Hi And John Hello Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks for having me. So today we're on episode 8, if I recall correctly, which is minute 701 to minute 8. It's a relatively static minute, uh, encapsulating the phone call between Franny and Chris. Um, As our minute starts out, Franny is asking him if he can tutor her in English. And I was wondering, too, that, you know, and maybe I missed this, when she calls and he picks up the phone, does she ever say that? she's Franny? Or does he just assume it? Obviously he's already been informed. He's very, very nervous. He's wearing really bad cutoffs. You know, does she say it's Franny or does he just know this because he's pining for her? I'd assume he has caller ID. Yeah, you know, I... it's true. I assume that too, but it seems like they've never talked much before. So why would she be in his phone? I never, I never thought about that before. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Actually, she doesn't. And, yeah, you know, I, like, that's um, not in our minute, but yeah. it's kind of at the beginning of our minute is where she would be like, "Yes, it's Franny." Hello. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't really so see weird. that happening. Yeah, it definitely doesn't happen. I guess it is just because he's pining for her. He's like, "That's the voice of my love." <laughs> yeah. And he did. He reminded me of Michael Showalter from the State. Ugh, yes. I love Michael Showalter. In, yeah, in Wet Hot American Summer, right? Yep, Wet Hot like, American Summer. Specifically, like, his character. Yep, very geeky, yep. very, very just like, oh, I, I can't believe you're talking to me. <laughs> and, he, and he looks Except like Chris him, too. Except Chris is infinitely, he's infinitely more gay, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris, yes. not Michael Showalter. Not Michael Showalter. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Um. Like, I've mentioned this on past casts. I am very much against the idea that you can tell someone's sexuality by looking at them or listening to them or whatever, but oh God, he's just so gay, you guys. He and the other teenage boy actor that's in later minutes of the movie, both of them, like, I don't ever get the feeling necessarily that either of them are gay, but just like the way that they approach their characters, it just feels like every other acting job they've ever had is in gay porn. <laughs> and and you know? perhaps and perhaps they're approaching women as one would approach, let's say, an alligator. That you've seen <laughs> you've seen alligators on TV, and yet if you saw one in the street while you were walking, you'd be like, 
Oh, 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 hi. <laughs> Let me just trot gently around you in a very big berth. Yeah. I've heard about <laughs> how you are with your big long tails and stuff, but, uh, you know, who knows? I was going to say, Franny says that her English grade is struggling and can Chris help her? And my favorite part of that conversation is, again... I feel like a lot of her acting experience comes from porn because she says, my parents can't afford to pay very much. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a... <laughs> Perhaps we could have some sort of trade. Yeah, like, it's very... And then, and then the music kicks in. <laughs> she asks him if he can tutor her in English. He proceeds to fail to speak English. Yeah. And for some reason, she continues with the conversation. I yeah. don't know why. But she even, well, makes a, she even makes a joke about that because he does say something like, you know, me good at English. And yeah, she yeah. said something like, are oh, you? really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, are you sure you're good at English? And he goes, why? Did someone say something? <laughs> <laughs> Do they run in the same friend group? Like I think I don't I think yeah. it establishes that he's an illegal alien. I think he might actually be like an extraterrestrial alien because he has no concept of dealing with humans and he seems to mm. spoiler alert for later in the movie be afraid of water. Aliens are generally afraid of water if yeah. science is to be believed. Is he a yes. could be a gremlin? Signs is signed is accepted as scientific fact, I believe. Yeah. Do they order a pizza after midnight? <laughs> Does it get there finally after midnight? But yes, he is very he seems very nervous about the idea that someone told her that he's not good at English. Right. So And I have down in my notes also to be honest, I'm not sure of the context. I think it might be the thing where she says, my parents don't have much money. But that he says, I, th I think this is where he says, like, no problem. And he says, uh, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Yep. And oh, yeah, yeah, that is in this minute. Oh, my God, yeah. And which could be a really funny line, but he's, he's a terrible actor. Yeah. He's terrible. Um, yeah, she, she says, my parents can't afford to pay much. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's no problem. I mean, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Which makes zero sense. In yeah, it makes... Except it sounds very dirty when really we think about the context we were putting it in before. But then it also sounds like he doesn't want anything like that to happen because he wants to make sure that she's wearing shoes and a shirt. Yeah, because otherwise no service. And he wants no service, I guess. <laughs> no, no tutoring and... Unless you're fully clothed. No yeah. tutoring. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be pretty distracting to try to study with a naked person. Yeah. There was one thing I really wanted to talk about in this minute. I know okay. that there's a lot of discussion about the weird decorations in this house. Yes. You know, the weird, like, half of a car couch and stuff like that. Room, room. Yeah. Room, <laughs> room. Hey, you love this Still one. It's good. Still, Still the best part of this movie, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, well, I would beg to differ because I noticed this while re-watching while, uh, re it to talk about this today. In Chris's bedroom, there's a lot of like weird decorations. One of them is an Ikea kitchen utensil holder. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which one? Which if one? If you watch it, there's this like metal cylinder that has holes in it. It's in the background just over okay. his shoulder. Wow, we're dumbfounded. I have that kitchen utensil holder. Oh, I see it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is there anything in it? No, no. it's just nope. they were like, "Oh, this is really I guess modern and artsy." And it's 
I mean, it's full of spatulas and spoons in my kitchen right now. Wow. <laughs> that is a weird thing to have in your bedroom. Yeah. Wow. That's very weird. <laughs> About the house, you know, if anyone has ever gone through the Dakota oeuvre um, <laughs> and just just looked at the trailers for, you know, everything starting with 1313 Boys with Abs and Witchcraft, um, they all, and, and this movie as well, all happen in this one kind of odd mansion-y type of thing that's all sort of white and stucco and, you know, has the half a car, you know, couch and everything like that. Is it is it his house? Is that why he takes everything there? It is not his house. <laughs> Amazingly enough, I really thought, yeah, I really thought that, you know, David Dakota wakes up in the morning, just see who's stayed over for the knife, and they just start shooting a film. And but, they just make a movie. Yeah, and they just make it up, and they're just like, well, okay. It would explain a lot. We've, it really was. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, okay, we've got a giant garbage can filled with white boxer briefs. Everybody get in. And they, no, it was actually a friend of theirs, or a friend of his, and he, um, because there's a lot of filming that happens in L.A. and everything, um, you know, most people do not want to have filming done because it's very, you know, just everything gets in an upheaval. Um, but, you know, this guy knew the director and would allow him to use the house, so he would, they would continually use the house for everything. And get this, it has now been demolished. Oh, no. I know, That's isn't it? Where will he film more movies? I know, I don't know. That's such a tragedy. We've lost a piece of film history, you guys. A real piece of film <laughs> oh, history. No. How is this happening? Why isn't that in the Smithsonian along with Judy Garland's Ruby Slippers? <laughs> um, what but, a travesty. But yeah, but it is kind of like... Because it's funny because really, I think beyond this film, for those you know films that have all been shot there, I think I've only really watched you know the trailers. And I always... Um, the biggest thing is always, they're all in the same house. And I feel like everything happens in the same universe. You know, this weirdo family film with, you know, Eric Roberts talking over his phone and and all these, you know, ab boy films. And, <laughs> you know, they, that they all happen, you know, in some sort of, you know, maybe different dimensions, but the same house. And watching those mm. trailers, it, it, the house is the thing that ties them all together and probably the most interesting character. It does seem that he does, you know, even though he's, you know, Chris is not really a player, um, he does seal the deal and is going to have Franny come over and tutor her. Yeah. Wink, wink. The most interesting moment of this minute for me is how happy Franny seems when she hangs up the phone. Like, they have this conversation, they hang up. And she just does this happy little, like, giggle smile, like she's super into it, after he was so weird. And I'm like, how did that make you happy? And she seems, like, so out of his league. Right, totally. He's not, like, a catch. (laughs) Sarah passing harsh judgment. Yeah, that is really, oh my gosh, you are being so cruel. So very cruel. Going back to... You know, being Michael Showalter from Wet Hot American Summer, you know, he's not Paul Rudd, is what I'm saying. Like That's true. So so few as a guy, so few of us are. I would go for Michael Showalter. Well I mean I'm I'm gay, so I'm not really into it anyway, but like 
no, no. Anyway, like I was saying, it's so it's so weird how happy she is that this conversation went well. I'm like, yeah. it didn't really go that well, honey. Like, she should be thinking about calling him back and going, you know. I don't think I need to get into such a good college. I'm willing to sacrifice my future for not hanging out with you. Yes, like, yes. definitely to not, worth to not it. be in the same room. And actually, she wouldn't even call him. She should just text him. And he seems relieved, embarrassed to be off the phone. I don't know. Yeah. He hangs it up very suddenly and then covers his face. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- I, he is embarrassed, you know, and understandably so. As well, he should be. He's yeah. wearing those cutoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of this conversation, just because he has terrible fashion. Sense. Those those cutoffs are like you know fifties beach party movie culottes. <laughs> um, but he does have a bizarre sort of swoop to the side hair. Do he's got the Bieber cut? He's got the Bieber yeah. It's cut. Like, yeah. it's a Bieber cut, and I think even like part of it when I was watching it just sort of stuck out of his forehead. Oh you no! Know, it like, totally is sticking out the entire yeah. minute. The entire minute he's just got this little horn. I am a shaved head guy, so. I tend to look mm-hmm. at people's hair and go, what the hell's going on there? But obviously, you know, a film made, I mean, you know, a number of he- years ago, you know, Bieber, Bieber, Bieber. Yeah. I, I, I feel his pain on that one because I have short, swoopy hair and sometimes it'll stick out at weird angles. Mm-hmm. But that's why I use product in my hair. Yeah, but and your, like, your swoopy hair is very nicely swoopy. Thank you. Um, so I think it's about time to wrap it up. Um, I think it is. Do any of you guys have any closing thoughts on our minute? I was just really sad that this minute is completely bookended by, you know, Duffy doing something, but no Duffy in the entire minute. No Duffy. But like literally the very end of the minute before is Duffy coming in the house. And as soon as this minute is over, Chris sees the cat. But yeah, we just got a cat. I know. It was really sad. I know. It's so, it's so sad. A Duffy list minute. You know, I was going to do my, my Eric Roberts impersonation, which is where I talk into my coffee cup. <laughs> and just go, yeah. Uh, I really need to help these people because, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> You guys, I think Duffy is speaking to me. I think my cat just talked, you guys. Finally, it happened. Hey, this house, it's been in a lot of movies, hasn't it? Uh, that 1313 boys and uh, the werewolves. Even Duffy doesn't like a talking cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's true. Thank you to Sarah and John for being my guests today. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode of A Talking Cast. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talkingcast or follow us on Twitter at a talking cast. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. It's a that was episode 8 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller, with guest hosts Sarah Kathleen and John Kowaleski. Episode edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. For the memory of... 
Dan Cruz.